0: To the Old Podcast. So, I want to talk to you today um, about who I am. <laughs> it's quite interesting. Years ago, I, uh, when I worked for Barclays Bank, um, I, uh, I and I became a manager. Um, the bank was, were, were very generous, and once a year, they used to uh, pay for the managers to uh, go out for dinner. So there was this huge organised event where we would get served this nice meal as a thank you and then a, uh, they, they got a, a celebrity to come and speak to us. Um, and I, <laughs> it was, I found it very funny. Uh, this one particular year... We're, we're all sat there, and we, we've, we've had our meal, and this is really great. And the, the guest speaker um, is a celebrity, okay, from the world of show business. And in England, uh, we have uh, – do you know what a soap opera is on the television? So a, a soap opera is um, EastEnders, Coronation Street. So it's like it's real life. Yes, all right and and it, and the program is on a few you know a few times a week and it's supposed to depict you know what life is like in Coronation Street okay which uh is set in Manchester and one of the uh, people who's been in this uh program an awful long time plays a guy called Ken Barlow and he's and his name is William Roach all right and <laughs> He stood up and he said, and, and he's the guest speaker. He said, um, well, you know, I was I was thinking about what I could talk to you about tonight, you know, because obviously as a celebrity, he's got all sorts of stories about what goes on in, in the circles in which he moves. And he said, you know, the best thing I could think to talk about was me. And then he, and then he, proceeded to deliver... Maybe we should edit this out. One of the most boring speeches I have ever heard. Because for... It was amazing because this guy has been acting in Coronation Street for, I don't know, 30 or 30 years at least. So you'd think he'd have some funny stories to tell about... Well, if he did, he'd forgotten them or he'd chosen not to So it was really boring. So hopefully... This morning won't be quite so boring because um, I am going to talk about who I am. But I want the reason I want to talk about who I am is because I want you to think about who you are. Okay. Now I know you've you know you've done the new creation week and the Father Heart week, so you may well have thought about these things um, already. But what I want to present to you, is not just the thinking about who you are, but who does God say you are? Because you might discover that there's a bit of a difference between those two statements. Okay. So, just a bit of background on me. March uh, 19th March 1929. Why is that? Why is that a significant date? Anybody wants to guess? It's not my birthday, <laughs> Rebecca. <laughs> well, actually, it could be. I'm looking really well, aren't I? For well, how old would I be? Eighty. 86. Can you do the math? Eighty. Yeah, eighty-six. Yes. No, actually, it's my mother's. It's my mother. My mother. Okay, I'm just going to turn this. Actually, I will sit down. Nineteenth of March, nineteen twenty-nine. So, this is an amazing picture. This picture wasn't taken in 1929. This picture was taken 50 years later in 1979. Okay. Now, you recognize the handsome one here. This is me, the, the groom, and the absolutely adorable uh, bride. Um, this is the father of the bride, Brian. Um, he, it's not his own. <laughs> um, This is uh, the mother of the bride, this is June, that is my father, and this is my mother, right? Okay, now I just pause at this point, we sang before, from my mother's womb, you have chosen me, and we're singing to God, okay? Okay? Now I don't know what your the circumstances were surrounding your natural arrival on the planet but when when we prayed before that you would be intoxicated by the truth I want to suggest to you that the truth is God chose you in your mother's womb so there she is and I love it a bit she's 86 and just is a stunning lady Bless her heart. And if it weren't for her, you wouldn't be sat here. Well, you wouldn't be sat here listening to me. Um, Now, we get a bit more sensible. 6th of December, 1959, a great day in history. I wanted to sing the greatest day in history. 6th of December, 59. (laughs) (laughs) That was when I arrived on the planet. I know I don't look 56, but I am. Um, There you go. Look at that. You, can't, can't, you can see the resemblance. Is that the yeah? wearing a dress? I was just saying, did he have a dress? Yeah. Oh. No. It's frilly pants. <laughs> <laughs> that is definitely, it does look like a dress actually. <laughs> <laughs> i need to check. Really yeah, it w- was. <laughs> 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 Sorry. Pers- personal hygiene. Um, okay. Sorry? It's a tunic, is it? Okay, I need to check that that picture is actually me. Um, (laughs) I'm assuming it is. I think I'll change it, actually. I've got one that's far more obviously me. Um, Okay, 17th of December, 1960. Anybody want to guess what that is? There she is. She didn't arrive looking that good. Um. (laughs) Oh, Much better than that. Okay, twenty ninth of September, nineteen seventy nine, was that awesome day? Eighteen and nine? No, seventeen and eighteen, weren't we? Oh, sorry, we're eighteen and nineteen. I I tell a lie. Yes, I was almost. I was almost twenty. Look at that. Still got. Still got almost that much hair. Yeah, curly hair. Yes. Yeah. Look at that. Okay. Ninth of May nineteen eighty four. There is a point to all this, okay? Something happened on the ninth of May nineteen eighty four. This young man he didn't arrive looking like that. This is our this is our son Tim. Okay. And I'll say a bit more about Tim in a minute. And sixth of November, nineteen eighty-five. You won't believe. You won't believe. She's thirty now. That's Rebecca. And then, as you move through the generations, this the twenty-seventh of September, two thousand and seven, was a very special day because that young man arrived. His name is Trace Frederick Hathaway, and he is my. He is our first grandson and he is adorable and then on the 15th of June 2013 something equally amazing happened this young man arrived <laughs> right now that is Reuben Samuel Britton, and I love them both equally but he he ensures that the Britain name. <laughs> Carries on. Lives on, because the boy has had a boy. <laughs> and he is he is he is delightful. He will be he will be three, obviously, very soon. Now on the 18th of June this year, just past his birthday, his younger brother or sister is due to arrive. Okay? And then on the twenty fifth of August, Tracy's younger brother. Will arrive, so we'll go from having two grandkids to four grandkids, um, and it's just going to be amazing. We are hoping and praying that we will be around for the arrival of both of them. But just to go back, well, those those guys in particular, but um, Tim and Rebecca are mine. Okay. Now you think, oh, yeah, well, yeah, state the obvious. Yeah. But in, in that little phrase speaks truth, the, the, the magnitude of which, no disrespect to anybody, but until you have kids, you know, you don't really know what it's like. And, I, you know, I, I, hopefully I'm not being inappropriate. I'm, you know, I'm not being graphic in any way. But we made him. <laughs> right? With God's help, we made him. We made a human being. And he's ours. He isn't yours. Right? He's mine. And him... And his sister. I just I don't it's 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 hard to describe their worth, okay, because worth, okay, is a term that is only only applies if something is For sale. Okay? You can buy it. Okay? I can go next door and I can look at all those cars and I can see how much they are worth because they are for sale. Yeah? You understand that concept? All right? So if something is for sale, we can value it. right? Because we have a, an economic system, and we have, we have currency, and we have prices, and things are worth something. We therefore have a challenge with stuff that is not for sale. Because you can't measure what it what is. It they are worth because you have no um, mechanism, no process for doing so. Do you, do you understand what I'm I'm saying? So we could we could show you pictures. and I will show you. I will show you a picture later on um, of something that is worth a huge amount of money. But it was only worth a huge amount of money because somebody, whoever, an organization, whatever, was, was willing to sell it and somebody else was willing to buy it. Now, my question is, how much do you think you are worth? And that's just something that we can ponder. You see, my kids are not for sale. (laughs) Okay, they're just not for sale. They're my kids. They will always be my kids. As long as I am breathing, they will be my kids. They will be the most precious. (sighs) I don't even know what the right word is. They're not possessions, are they? They're just precious, right? Precious beyond words. Because they're mine, and I made them, and your gods, he made you. Ha! Okay, and we'll we'll look at the, we'll look at that a bit more in a minute. Okay, so this is um, one of my favourite verses. You may well have looked at this verse in the Father Heart Week, Zephaniah three seventeen. Did Mr. Jide? Okay. All right. Well, this is a a slightly unusual translation of the Bible. I found it. I I used a recognized website. Okay. BibleGateway.com. And there is a translation of the Bible called The Voice. Okay. And this is Zephaniah 317 in The Voice. So, why don't we read it together? Okay. Because sometimes it's just good to get the words out of your mouth. Okay. The Eternal, your God is standing right here among you. And he is the champion who will rescue you. He will joyfully celebrate over you. He will rest in his love for you. He will joyfully sing because of you like a new husband. Okay? Now, in in the amplified version, it looks like this. So let's read this together. The Lord your God is in the midst of you, a mighty one, a saviour who saves. He will rejoice over you with joy. He will rest in silent satisfaction, and in his love he will be silent and make no mention of past sins or even recall them. He will exult over you with singing. Okay, now... Just going back to where we started. Who am I? All right. Or more importantly, God, who do you say I am? Okay. So, the Lord your God is in the midst of you, a mighty one, a Savior who saves. We're in the Old Testament here. So, Zephaniah is prophesying, okay, about Jesus, Jesus rejoicing over us, okay. All right. He will rest in silent satisfaction. Is that can you can you comprehend the idea that God rests in silent satisfaction? Have you seen the film, um, the first Almighty one? Is it Bruce? Bruce, I think it's Bruce. Um, where have you seen? No, okay. Well, it's it's a comedy film where. What's the guy's name? doesn't matter. Jim Carrey, he, he plays the part of God, okay? Well, he thinks he's God, I think. And, it, and um, uh, he's sat in an office, and all of a sudden, he can hear all the prayers that people are praying. And it's like, it's voices in his head. <laughs> okay? And then he has some sort of computer, doesn't he? And and he presses print, and all these prayer requests start (laughs) churning out of his printer. That's how I remember it, anyway. And he's absolutely, like, overwhelmed at all the stuff he's got to do because of all these prayers that are being prayed that he's got to answer. So, you know, you think, God, you, you must be really busy answering everybody's prayers. But actually, God rests. In silent satisfaction, he's satisfied. When he thinks about you, he's satisfied. And I love this. Okay, bearing in mind we're in the the Old Testament here, right? Make no mention of past sins or even recall them. Well, none of my sins were past sins when that was written because I wasn't around, (laughs) Um, What do I mean by that? That was written over 2,000 years ago. I wasn't alive. Okay. And yet the Bible is talking about past sins. The sins that I committed in the past. Well, I hadn't committed them when this was written. And yet God is saying, what sins? He doesn't recall them right makes no mention of them what sins now does everybody know what the word exalt means when right? it says he will exult over you with singing because it's a it's an unusual word we don't use it very often in english i don't know does it translate into german So, exult as opposed to exalt okay, if you're exulting, all right, you're very, 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 very happy, okay. You could look it up, right? but basically, what it means is, God is really happy when he thinks about you, and he dances around his kitchen search <laughs> like kind of like saturated joy What, what? Exaggerated. 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 Yes, it's beyond happy, it's beyond very happy. it's beyond excitedly happy. it's beyond ecstatic. it's just indescribably joyful. When he thinks about you? Who does God say you are? Okay? Right. So, I have a question. Throughout the, the weeks that um, I I teach, we'll, we'll flow around the subject of worship um, and... Uh, You know, from time to time, we'll explore what we mean by the word. So, I would like to ask you to give me a definition of worship. If you were to look it up in the dictionary. Okay. Telling God that you love him. Okay. Yeah, okay. So some sort of expression, yeah. Celebrating. Celebrating, yeah. Okay, okay. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna be awkward with you now. You you will have seen this in the previous school. We have a thing in English. I don't know whether you do this in um, German. I'm sure you do. Where we put a word next to every letter. I'm, i You can't see now. Can you? Study it? Right. So what do we call that? Is it acronym or something? Yeah, okay. So you like? would you like a definition of worship? Too bad if you don't, you're going to get one anyway. Okay. So this is my definition of worship. It's a weekly organized ritual that involves singing hymns. ...in... ...public. There you go. Would anybody disagree with that? (laughs) Good. Feel free to come up with your own, or not. When we were in... When I was a kid in school... We used to talk about the three R's, which actually weren't R's at all. Where are they? Okay. Because, you know, when you you do primary school education, so up to the age of 11, um, they concentrate on teaching you how to um, read and write, okay, and count, okay, so... It works in English, but it won't work in German, okay. <laughs> the three and, and they used to call it the three R's of education were reading, writing and arithmetic. Because arithmetic is maths. Okay. So I've got three R's and they really are three R's, okay. So my another definition of worship is our response to the revelation that He rejoices over us. Very easy to remember. However, the challenge you have when it's corporate, it's our response, it gives the individual, you, room to um, disqualify yourself. Right? So you think, oh, yeah, 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 well, he would rejoice over Andy because Andy's been a Christian for 300 years and he leads a church and... You know, so, you know, and and he's the nearest thing to the Pope I've ever seen. Or, do you know what I mean? Right? And you've got all those great reasons, haven't you, why God would rejoice over me. But you can't think of any reasons why God would rejoice over you. Because when you think about you and when I, you know, you know oh, yeah, but I jumped a red light on the way here. Or, you know, I I was rude to the whoever I didn't say hello to the receptionist or, you know and the default is you know and, and you, you've, you can easily write a list of reasons why God would not rejoice over me <clears throat> so why don't we just change it so worship is my response to the revelation that God rejoices over me now That is the truth, whether or not you choose to believe it, okay? It doesn't, and I think it's it's important, this is a bit of a side issue, but it's important to make, I feel it's important to make this point, and I don't know if anybody else has made it, but we'll talk a lot about discovering the truth over the next five months. Discover the truth. And the challenge we have is that, Often, we think we don't know something is true, or we might even believe it's not true. And then we suddenly discover it is, right? And it wasn't true, and now it is. Okay, well, with God, it's not like that. Because it's always been true, I just didn't know. So it wasn't that it wasn't true. Do you you understand why it's important? There's a difference. wasn't that it wasn't true. It was true. I just didn't know it was true. So it's always been true. He's always rejoiced over me, but I didn't know. So what I need is the revelation. What I can receive is the revelation that it is true. Now, Let me ask you a question. If you just spent a minute saying to yourself, God, you rejoice over me. God, when you think about me, you smile. I'd actually like to challenge you to do that for a minute and still be frowning at the end. Mm, mm, mm. see i discovered something really amazing you can't smile and be well you can force yourself to smile but if you're being if you if you're genuinely smiling you're genuinely smiling right and you're happy right and it makes a difference we have a i I mentioned it when i spoke the other week on on joy Um, There's a verse in Proverbs that says laughter is medicine, right? And God is rejoicing over you. When he thinks about you, he's not reaching for the pills. (laughs) Um, He is actually rejoicing. And... The best thing I can do, the most authentic worship I can give him, is to agree with him. Does anybody know what that is? It's painted by Michelangelo. It is... It's called The Creation of Adam. Okay. And if you look really carefully, really, really carefully, okay... You'll find it in there. (laughs) Now, Mickey, Michelangelo, painted that lying on his back, right, at the top of some wooden scaffolding, using these, right? Have you ever tried? Camille, this is a new painting technique for you. Okay. So you build yourself like a little... I don't know, right? And you lie on your back like this, right? And you've got your paint here and your paint. And it drips in your face, doesn't it? Yeah? Right? And that's like, and you are, I don't know how many feet, meters up in the air at the top of a s- scaffolding. Now, maybe, I don't know, did he only paint in the summer when it was really warm? I don't know. I don't know if he had the I don't know if he had the winter off. Okay. But I can imagine you climb up to the top, right? Whatever you do, don't go, don't have a drink before you go, because it's a long way back down to the toilet, right? And you lie there, and then you think, oh no. I really need yellow. <laughs> <laughs> oh dang! All the way down to the bottom. And I'll just get my Dulux part of yellow. No, he would have had to mix the paint, right? Because it was hundreds of years, right? I I don't know how long it took him to paint it. But quite rightly, we would use a word to describe this painting, which we'll come on to in a minute, all right? So in there, I'm not quite, I did find it once, the the two fingers. gone. Oh, right, there you go. Oh, it's quite easy to see, isn't it? Okay. It makes me want to... It's in the Sistine Chapel, isn't it? It makes me want to go and see. I don't know that it's worth going to see, but... Anyway. Has anybody seen it in real life? Was it worth going? Beth? Right. Yeah. It's Quite stunning to think what it took to paint it. Okay. So, God creating Adam. In the New American Standard Bible, Genesis 1.26 says, Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Now, I love that. I love that verse for a number of reasons. When did God say it? When? When did that happen? Anybody want to give me a date in history? When God... And and, and who's God talking to when he says, let us? Okay. So, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, together, at some point in history, some point in history, in eternity, said, made a decision. Or oh, that's the that's the language that we would use to try and understand what happened. And that decision was we're gonna make you. We're gonna make you. Make you, Beth. We're going to make you, Chris. We're going to make you. We're going to make you. But we're not just going to make you, we're going to make you to look like us. <sighs> I'm just going to quick test. Because some people say, he looks just like me. (laughs) Can you see it? Yes. Yes. The the right answer at that point is yes, yes, he looks just like you. (laughs) Okay. We're not talking just about physical appearance. Okay. What I'm talking about is right here at the core of who you are. You've been made just like God. In our image, according to our likeness. Oh. Oh. I'm just going to be controversial now. So I'm not a dirty, rotten sinner then. Oh. Oh. I've actually been made in the image and likeness of You might think this is a really stupid question, but I want to ask it for a reason. Does God make mistakes? Anybody like to give me a mistake they know God has made? Mm. So he didn't make a mistake. When he designed you. (laughs) Oh, oh, well. Oh, that, that rather affects some of the words I might use to describe myself and some of the thoughts that I might enjoy chewing about who I think I am. Now, in the International Standard Version of the Bible, if you use chapter, chapter 2 and verse 10, which is incredible. Incredibly famous verse. It says, we are God's M. Now, that's not M as in James Bond, okay? You know, there's an M. If you've not seen the film, that was a bit of a waste, that joke. Uh, Wasn't really a joke. Uh, We are God's M. Anybody want to know what M is? We are... We are God's masterpiece. I am God's masterpiece. The original um, translation talks about poetry. We are God's poetry. Now, if you like poetry, that's a great image. If you don't like poetry, it's like, you know, we are God's Ferrari. (laughs) No, (laughs) it's like... um, Because we now come back to, you see, in a sense, this is a great illustration, but it's not actually ultimately helpful because it comes back to what I was saying before. A masterpiece is only a masterpiece for a reason. So, what is the world's most expensive painting? Anybody know? I asked Google. Okay, Mona Lisa. Right. I would have said the Mona Lisa. However, the problem with that is it's not for sale. Okay. So nobody's bought it recently. So we actually don't know how much it's worth. So, the only reference points we have here are paintings that have actually been bought and sold. So, it's not a, it, it's not a completely correct statement. It, it's out of all the ones that have been bought and sold, this is the most expensive. Okay. Now, I have to confess, it doesn't look like a masterpiece to me. Not compared to Michelangelo's thing right but you oh well art you know it's it's so subjective into it you know you can oh yeah this is amazing actually no that's a load of somebody's just gone like i mean there's one you can look top 10 paintings that have been sold and there's one and it looks just like the guys put a piece of board down and and just got a paintbrush and gone and then got some more paint and gone and got some more paint and gone and it's just a load of right, all different colors and it's worth like Well, I won't tell you. All right. Anyway, the most expensive painting is that. Okay. That is the world's most expensive painting. It's called When Will You Marry? It's painted by a guy called Gauguin. All right. And somebody or a corporation or somebody, how much? How much would you pay for it? (laughs) A couple of million. And any advance? Okay. Because this is where it just... I, I find this absolutely fascinating. Somebody at auction paid $300 million. For that. Sorry. I mean, I'm sure it's a really great painting, and maybe it took him ages, you know. But, come on, $300 million, which gives it the right to be called a masterpiece, right? And that was was my search, the world's most expensive masterpiece. And that's what you get. Really? Really? Okay. God's most expensive must. I hope you, can you see yourself? It's not working if you can't see yourself. (laughs) God's most expensive. You hold it. Pass it on. And you know what I'm saying? I hope you know what I'm saying there. And like my kids, you're not for sale. God's not got you on eBay, right? You know, your auction, the time on your auction isn't, you know, hasn't passed, Okay, And there's no question of the reserve price not being reached because you're not for sale. Because precious is a good word that I can use. But I don't know what the real word is. It's something beyond precious. It's something beyond expensive. Right? It's something beyond you are his masterpiece. It's beyond that. Whatever word you can think of, whatever emotion that word Stirs up in you what he really thinks is infinitely beyond that. But it's a good place to start, okay? It's a good place to start. So, slightly different definition of worship would be my response to the revelation. And, you know, we could give you lots of little tips, you know, or oh, try this, try that, try that. And, you know, I'm sure people will say to you, oh, you know, this will be really helpful. Do this, do that, do the other. But, and I'm sure I'll throw a load out. But if you went to bed every night and the last thing you said to yourself was, First thing you say when you wake up in the morning, Daddy, I am not. Let's just take a minute, okay? Because we've got a minute or two. Just in the stillness. to just think about that. Holy Spirit, I ask that you bring revelation to us about who we are. About who you say we are. Not about who we think we are. Because even the best we could think about for us is nothing compared to how you think about us. How you see us. The reality of our identity. We are yours, Lord. We are. um mm. Okay, just, just to completely sort of round that off. I just want to make one, one final point. Um, in some ways it's a very obvious point, but it's, I feel it's quite an important point to make. I, I haven't brought it with me today, <coughs> uh, but at home I have a piece of paper, and it's, well, a few pieces of paper, but this particular piece of paper is an incredibly important one. It's my birth certificate. Right? It's evidence of my identity. If anybody wants to know who I am, I can show them my birth certificate, and it's proof in a court of law, or, or you know, it's proof. I have a piece of paper that says, Andrew Robert Britton was born on the 6th of December 1959. These are my parents, dad, and it's evidence. Evidence of my identity. Okay. Let me ask you a really obvious question What did I do to earn that piece of paper? We have a phrase in English, (laughs) diddly-squat. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Because it had, in a sense, it had nothing to do with me. I wasn't around, all right, until I arrived. And then I arrive... And I have a piece of paper to say, Andy has arrived, and this is who he is. And this, I am still Andrew Robert Britton, 56 years later. And as long as I'm breathing, I will be Andrew Robert Britton. I will be the son of Alma and Albert Britton. And nothing, you know, unless unless I just have a complete... Melt down and decide I don't want to you know you, you attempt to change it, but that's who I am. OK, that's who I am now I, I'm, I'm putting Gogan on one side, all right This is a masterpiece. What did it do? What did it do? To earn the right to be called a masterpiece. Diddly squat. (laughs) It didn't do anything. Because it was created by a master. Masters produce masterpieces. Michelangelo... Produced this. God. Produced you. And you had nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But, but You had nothing to do with it. This painting had nothing. To do with it. Do you, do you understand what I'm trying to say? It's got. Nothing to do with activity, behavior, da de da, da de da, da, da. Right? You can't work yourself out of being a masterpiece any more than you can work yourself into being a masterpiece. You can't behave your way into being a masterpiece anyway, you can any more than you can behave your way out of being a masterpiece. Right? You can't buy your way into being a masterpiece any more than you can buy your way out of being a masterpiece. Because you are it's not about you, it's about him. And he's decided you're a masterpiece. So you might just as well enjoy being a masterpiece. (laughs) Right? If you're going to, you know, let's do life enjoying being the people he says we are. That's worship. Okay, we'll stop there thank you for listening to the iDestiny podcast. For further information, check out www.idestiny.org.uk.